Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. The Dodger Nation is still celebrating. I think Laker Nation is still celebrating, too. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. KD versus LeBron, the latest installment in one minute. But, Key, after hearing all of those pieces of audio, including yours at the end there with the Let's Go Dodgers, uh, look, the Dodgers hadn't won the World Series in 32 years. You got it right. Since 1988. The Lakers hadn't won it in a decade, which, you know, obviously for them is a huge drought. But the Lakers are dealing with a lot of other things, including the loss of Kobe Bryant at the beginning of the year. Both of those teams died in the wool. They are the DNA of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. those two teams. So which championship acquired 16 days apart, NBA, MLB, to you will ring true more in L.A. right now? I think we're going to enjoy both of them, but I I, I feel like the Lakers uh, championship for some of the reasons that you said, the Kobe Bryant, everything that's going on in in our country and and just as a whole. Because when you look at Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball doesn't resonate around every single community Mm -hmm. where basketball, I feel like, does, especially in our communities, blacks, as black men Mm -hmm. and women and kids, they it's a little bit different. You know, when you when you look in basketball, you see our face all over the place. In Major League Baseball, there's little... 8%. You know, a little bit of here, a little bit of there. 8% black players. 8%. So, in L.A. especially, being the type of city that we are, I just... It, we, we embrace them both now, but basketball is just a little more ump to it. No question, but you will certainly enjoy both. On that basketball note, let's get right into this situation with LeBron and Kevin Durant. To take you a little bit behind the curtain, every day at about 5.30, the whole crew, all the great men and women that work behind the scenes, us three get together to chat. And Jay unveiled a little something Kevin Durant said recently yesterday on our phone call. And this spurred a lot of conversation. The latest comments about LeBron James, Jay. Yeah, I mean, pretty, well, what, what did he say? Yeah, what did he say? He essentially said, "Why don't you say?" I was, you I was waiting for you to provide. You provide context, okay. Zubin. I like when you provide context. Well, I will say this. Let's start out with just a couple of years ago with Steve Kerr saying something that Kevin Durant essentially said yesterday. This is Steve Kerr on the Bill Simmons podcast. "Quote: This is um, not too long ago. We had a really good thing, and then you could just feel it start to slip." And I don't know if it was what you mentioned. Kevin felt like he was now the king of the NBA, but nobody was recognizing him for that. He dominated LeBron in those finals, essentially saying, I beat LeBron James, the king of the NBA, twice in the NBA finals. If LeBron wants his respect, where in the world is mine? So pretty much uh, they were doing uh, a young CEO kind of, um, you know, podcast for Kevin Durant, and I guess somebody was in, involved in a conversation with him, and he said, well, I beat LeBron James in the finals uh, two years. So if they call him the king, what does that make me? Mm-hmm. Now, it, it's interesting when you look at it, Key, because the the question looms about, is this a championship or a bust year for the Brooklyn Nets coming up, 2020-2021 season? It should not be a championship or a bust year considering Kevin Durant is coming off an Achilles injury. The only player I've seen come off an Achilles injury, come back the way he was or better, was Dominique Wilkins. Mm. Really the only one, right? So understanding coming off that injury, expectations for me, and I'm a Nets fan, would tell you, if we got to the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm okay with that. If If they lose, I'll be disappointed, 
But okay, that's that's trending in the right direction for a lot of new pieces. Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Levert. If they don't move Karis Levert for other tradable assets, fine. But I do feel like the way the Nets talk. That's why I, that's why I've compared them to the bad boys of the Detroit Pistons back in the day. They are going to talk trash. Think about what Kyrie Irving just said a couple of weeks ago. Just a couple of weeks ago. I felt like I was the best option on every team I played for down the stretch. This is the first time in my career where I can be like, that blank can make that shot too, referring to Kevin Durant. Kyrie played with LeBron James. So now you have two star players in a huge market like New York who are openly pretty much said, what's up, LeBron? Like, what's, what's up? Coming off LeBron just winning a world championship, his fourth. I can't wait to watch these matchups. I can't wait for the whole year to see how these two go after each other. And now it feels like it will be a championship or bust year for the Nets with the way they're talking. Yeah, I I was okay with them just making it to the Eastern Conference Final, knowing that they're coming off injuries, both Kyrie as well as Kevin Durant, and not really getting an understanding of what the makeup of the coaching staff. I know the makeup of the coaching staff with Jock Vaughn as assistant, obviously, but Steve Nash. Head Steve coach. Nash is the head coach. Failed to mention that. Um, what are they really going to give us? I'm, I'm willing to wait to see if they're fully healthy. Though I expect for them to make it at least to the Eastern Conference Final. If they for some reason fail to do that, then you know that's a different type of conversation. The conversation about I beat LeBron twice, and if he's the king, then what am I? I mean, you don't need to validate yourself. Allow us to do that for you. Uh, Kevin Durant's a hell of a basketball player, one of my favorite. I love watching him just knock him down from distance with his length and just his ability as being a non. He just you can't stop him. You can't do anything with that. But he becomes almost too sensitive all the time talking and worrying about the wrong things. And I wish for the life of me, if, if, if I could just tell him, say, man, don't worry about all that. You that dude, you're that dude. Don't trip. Well, I've said it when I was in LA living, when he was in Oak, uh, 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 golden state, when everybody was saying that he bounced from a team that he lost, that he was on that lost to golden state to join Go say, and I'm like, dude, don't worry about that. Just go get them chips. Just keep stacking your chips. Care less about what people think about you. Then the sensitivity with the burner account. He'll never live that. Like, I don't get it. You probably do because you have a relationship with them. But I'll never get why worry about the next dude and what accolades the next dude is getting. Because I'm going to take mine regardless. Like, I don't. Worry about no other sports talk, radio shows in America, TV shows, none. Because when I'm on, I know I'm fire. Ain't nobody better than this than me. I don't even worry about it. Uh, Key, you're different. This is who this is who KD is. KD doesn't care if you're a beat writer. He doesn't care if you're a seasoned journalist who's been on TV for 25 years. He's going to come at you with the same venom. I mean, look, I... I've been on TV saying that I think LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. You don't think I've gotten arguments with KD about that? But that's what fuels him. Like, it feels like KD, when KD got hurt. I don't know. Maybe I just like KD so much I, that I t- don't want him acting but, like somebody. This is also part of his superpower. Like, this is the stuff that fuels him to a different level. 
So I understand perceptively doesn't look right because he openly does things like this. But like this is just additive, additive wood to his fire. He gets it from all these people. That's what fuels it. And for LeBron, I will tell you this. I mean, when he got hurt in at Golden State, they were going if they were going to beat Toronto easily. Oh, you mean when KD got hurt? When KD yeah, got they, hurt. yeah, for they sure. They were going to beat Toronto. I mean, yeah, they were going to beat Toronto. Then Clay got hurt. Clay got they, hurt. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Right? But he was on his way. If he had came back and played, now he could have had three uh, NBA final MVPs. Yeah, mm-hmm. but people was going even though he had those three final MVPs and he won three championships. People were still going to say the only reason why is because you paired, you went somewhere else from OKC to Golden State that had already won without you and was already headed on record pace. You just added a little more fire to it. That That's what they're going to say. I just don't like when he worries about that sort of stuff. Like, dude, you got it. Understood. Don't even trip. I, I, I hear they what can't people, touch you. I hear what people are saying. I mean, but LeBron James did leave Cleveland and go down to Miami, go to D-Wade's team. Now, granted, he didn't partner up with the team that beat him the year before and won 73 games, but he did leave as well. So, but he, see, ultimately, LeBron went back to Cleveland to win a championship. That's what broke it out. Yeah, fair. Two quick things. I think we want our athletes to all be vulnerable and sensitive. And when they are, for the most part, they're embraced. Kevin Durant does that, and for whatever reason, is not. And oh, by the way, the Nets were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. You're saying championship or bust. You're saying Eastern Conference Finals. Who's the only other dude in the NBA, if you stuck him on a team that got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs, that could immediately take them to the NBA Finals or the Eastern Conference Finals? That dude LeBron is LeBron James. Exactly. Right? So here they are, tied together yet again. Still to come, AB can be back with the Bucks in just over a week. But how soon will we see him on the field? We'll have the answer from a Super Bowl champion. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. I'll tell you what, Keyshawn says there is no way it's going south the way it did with the Pats because he's going to be on his best behavior realizing this could be his last chance. It wasn't too long ago where Key said in regard to Antonio Brown during that suspension, boy, I hope he saved his money, right? And it is a serious deal here for A.B. Tonight is the start of week eight of the NFL season. As you heard Jay Reynolds say there in our setup that Antonio Brown is eligible to return in week nine. If you're wondering the Bucks' first game that he would be eligible for, Sunday night football against Drew Brees 
and the New Orleans Saints. And that's where we want to start with ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody, who joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, brought to you by Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Good morning, Damian. When he does become eligible, how soon do you think we will see him considering to play with Tom Brady, even though he's got a good rapport, you certainly want to be in lockstep. I think we're going to see him immediately, to be honest with you. I mean, you're talking about a guy, Antonio Brown. I mean, listen, when he was – the last time we saw Antonio Brown at his peak playing football, I mean, he was the best best wide receiver of this generation, basically. I mean, he was putting up those type of numbers. And one of the, one of the qualities about Antonio Brown on the field has always been his work ethic, you know, he, you know, staying in shape, how he works in practice, all the little things. So I think this is a guy that's in shape. I think he'll come in ready to go, knowing that he's reunited with Tom Brady, and I think they're going to throw him out there immediately. Big Wood, what concerns do you have with the Bucks and Antonio Brown, if any at all? He initially, I, you know, initially I was thinking, you know what, you know, when things are going well, do you want to enter an element into the locker room that that could disturb that? But key, honestly, just thinking about it, I don't really have any concerns. I really don't. I, I think that Antonio Brown recognizes that this is his last chance. He understands that he's going to a team that could possibly win the Super Bowl this year. He's reunited with a quarterback that he's always had an affinity for in Tom Brady. And uh, I think he's going to come in ready to go, ready to go. So I, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I don't see any problems with it, man. I think the guy's going to come in and going to add a different element to the Bucks team. You mentioned the Super Bowl. The Bucks could be the first team to play in a Super Bowl within their own city. Yesterday, the NFL said that there will be about a twenty percent capacity for the Super Bowl. What do you think about that? Well, listen, this is the times that we're, that we're living in, right? You know, we're, we're living in a pandemic, and, and obviously it's affected not only sports but all over the world. So, um, you know, as far as the pageantry that of the Super Bowl that we're accustomed to, it's definitely going to be different optics. But as a player, I don't care. I don't need everybody in the stands because I'm playing – at the end of the day, I'm playing for a world championship. I'm playing for the ability to be one of the, one of the few teams – in history to say, you know, I'm that I was part of a champion. So I think players really don't care. D. Wood, let's go to the AFC for a second. Let's talk about an undefeated Steelers team. Are, are, is that why they don't get love? Because they're boring? We don't like boring teams. They don't have this sexiness that these other teams have, like the Bucks. If the Steelers are boring, give me boring all day. I mean, <laughs> listen, they got wide receivers galore. They got a quarterback that's been there, done that in Big Ben Roethlisberger, and they play defense. They play defense. So when I look at the teams, you know, who are the most well-rounded, you got to put the Steelers at the top right now. Damon Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, I did not say morning Good job. show. Proud of you. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> the, the, I, you know how it goes. Sometimes you screw things up. Small um, victories, D. Wood. Small victories. So, D. Woody, yeah, Seattle, Seattle went out and, and acquired Carlos Dunlap in a trade with Cincinnati to bring something to the table from a pass rush standpoint. 
What do you make of this move? Well, I mean, again, Seattle is all in. You know, Seattle is not about draft picks and, and all of that. They recognize we have Russell Wilson. You know, this whole mantra that we've been talking about, let Russ cook. Well, Seattle is just like, okay, we're going to let Russ cook, and we're going to try to maximize this window that we had with Russell Wilson as our quarterback. And so they're just saying we're going to try to load up, particularly on the defensive side of the football, where, quite honestly, they've been terrible all year, and we're going to try to make up any type of deficiencies as possible to give us the best chance to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. We should also mention here, Dame, that you look at the situation and say to yourself, tonight, week eight of the NFL season begins, week nine for Antonio Brown. We asked this question yesterday, who is the NFL's MVP? We had the response overwhelmingly, more than half of our respondents said, Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, if you're wondering, D. Wood was down at 22%. Can I throw Tom Brady in the mix? You can. That's who he picked, right? Key you and Tom Brady. Well, we put him in the conversation yesterday. I put him in the conversation. Aaron Rodgers still. In the conversation. Yeah, I mean, Brady's in the conversation. Listen, I'm just saying, I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing throwing it up there. Because it's about where you finish. It's about finishing. And Key, you know this. We're about to get to November now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's always been, what's always been Tom Brady and the Patriots mantra? Let's yeah. start playing our best yeah. ball in November, November and December. Correct. So, my listen, I picked Russell Wilson as the MVP this year. But I'm telling you what, if Tom Brady keeps playing like Tom Brady's been playing, you know, as of late, yeah, Tom Brady is going gonna, is gonna to be right there in the mix and possibly win the MVP at the age of 43. D. Wood, how about Patrick Mahomes? Where do you have him in the conversation? I've got Patrick Mahomes as a winner. I mean, we saw last week. They do what, one touchdown? And they blew and they, in a blowout? Hmm. So, listen, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in football. There's not a quarterback that I would take over Patrick Mahomes if I'm starting my team. He's just guiding the machine right now. He's the point guard of, of a – you know, of an all-star team right now. The great thing about, you mentioned in Tom Brady in the month of November, the great thing, as you know, Damon, the great thing about being in Tampa, Florida, in the month of November, December, there will be no bad weather. There will be no bad weather. So he doesn't have to worry about the wind and the snow. He could do what he's doing now in the later months. That's right. When you're 43, Key, Mm-hmm. You don't want to be dealing with all of that. You mm-hmm. want to be. You want to wake up and you know walk outside in t shirt and, and and your your body and everything's feeling pretty good. So it, it's working out pretty good for him so far. Indeed, it's also working out pretty well for that guy. TB twelve will be thrown to in week nine. Antonio Brown, as we mentioned earlier, Bruce Arian saying he looked quote fantastic yesterday quote looks fantastic and went real well he and I had a good conversation this morning went on to say he'll be ready to go next week and in good shape and we should mention not only do Tom Brady and AB have a short relationship from their time in New England but of course Arians and AB have a long relationship from their time together in Pittsburgh Damian thank you so much really appreciate it enjoy the Falcons and the Panthers tonight as much as anybody really can all right take it easy guys 
All right, fellas. Thank you very much. So it's interesting. He makes a really compelling case there for Tom Brady. You tried to make the case, obviously, for Big Ben, but is the organization, is the team just so boring that he might not get the shine that he needs? Russ and Aaron Rodgers, this is going to be a great race. Tom Brady's going to get some momentum. There's no question about it. But I think that Tom Brady MVP conversation is kind of, I think it gets, it's, it's intriguing, but I think it gets stale because Russell Wilson hasn't won one yet. And then you still got Patrick Mahomes that's doing what he's doing. And then you got Aaron Rodgers making some sort of emergence in his career. And what happens, although he did lose head to head to Tom Brady, if he continues to keep playing like he played last week, that momentum will carry him toward the playoffs, toward the MVP voting. Well, think about this for Tom Brady, too. It's about, you know, we talk a lot about those matchups. What are those matchups? Well, the numbers are going to get inflated, right? He plays the Giants next. He's going to put in work on the Giants. I accept that. The Saints, (laughs) him and Drew Brees, they get a chance to go at it. right? Then you go against the Rams and their defense. The Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes comes up next. Then it gets then it's like the Vikings, Falcons twice, the Lions. Yeah, but 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 before he gets to the Falcons twice and to the Lions, so I said this, he got to go through he got to go through a little tough stretch. That's there what I said. So those matchups that can knock him off, knock him off course, or or it can put him higher, or it can put him higher. I when you start mentioning things like the Rams defense and some, I'm like, I don't know, man. Them dudes ain't just giving up yards like that. They just not allowing people to punk them. And we should mention this is essentially a two-team division with all due respect to Carolina, who is playing better than many people expected, and the Falcons, who have crashed You mean burned. the Falcons aren't in it? <laughs> but I think a lot of people going into the year thought this was a big year for them. So obviously playing in that sort of division. It has been a big year for them. Right. Just in the opposite direction. <laughs> That's fair. This is not exactly the NFC West he's dealing with. That's fair to say. On the way in two minutes, the NBA's best insider on a giant move that has nothing to do with the player that could alter the balance of power in the Eastern Conference, that's after we do Sports Center. Good morning. We got some headlines for you, none bigger than this one. Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin football program is on pause for seven days. Their game with Nebraska has been canceled due to this seven-day pause. It's an outbreak of COVID-19. A dozen people in the program, six players and six staff members, have tested positive, including head coach Paul Christ during a PCR test on Tuesday and his star quarterback, the great young player, Graham Mertz. We'll wait to see what happens. Keep in mind, six games need to be played in order for them to likely make the college football playoff. There's no definitive nature, but they're saying five or six. Rockets hire Mavericks assistant Steven Silas. We're going to talk about the Mavericks and the Rockets and what Houston just lost in a moment. But they get Silas. You might recognize that surname. The son of former NBA head coach Paul Silas. Fifth father-son combo to be head coaches in the NBA. The Oklahoma City Thunder are the only team in the league right now without a head coach. And Major League Baseball could deal without this headache. They're investigating Justin Turner. After coming onto the field with the coronavirus after winning the World Series... Major League Baseball trying to figure out how that happened, including whether the Dodgers had team personnel facilitate Turner getting back on the field. The Dodgers, as a team, are back in Los Angeles. Turner and his wife, whom he was seen hugging on the field, and she's tested negative. They remain in Arlington, Texas, the site of the World Series that just finished up. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now Straight Talk Wireless, new 
Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assuriaun.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. He will be the president of basketball operations in Philadelphia. He will oversee uh, the entire organization, and it is certainly a different day for the Sixers uh, having Daryl Morey come in and run the team. And those are the words of Woj. On October 15th, Daryl Morey, analytically driven, innovative NBA general manager, steps down with the Rockets three days later on Twitter, puts a nice message on there for Rockets Nation. If you're not familiar with this guy, and we're going to bring in a guy I'm sure you're familiar with, the NBA's best insider, Woj, but if you're not familiar with Daryl Morey as an NBA fan or a casual NBA fan, I'm just going to tick off a few names that he has either traded for or acquired or dealt just in his time as a GM, okay? This guy is a big swing fencer. There's no doubt about it. Tracy McGrady, Chris Paul, Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, Russell Westbrook, Clint Capella, James Harden, <laughs> Dwight Howard, you name it. He has acquired all of those players over the year. Uh, Woj, good morning. Welcome in. You just broke the news at finalizing it this week to bring his magic to Philly. What more can you add? Well, it, it's it, as you said, it was just a little over a week ago that he left uh, the Houston Rockets. And Daryl Morey uh, initially said he planned to take a year off and, you know, gave it the obligatory. I'm going to spend some time with my kids. They're on a gap year. Uh, but Philadelphia uh, started pushing immediately to try to bring him to uh, the Sixers. They got that done. Uh, they're just finalizing the language in a deal now. And, you know, suddenly there's been a pretty pretty significant transformation in Philly. Daryl Morey is the president of basketball operations, is, is the title, I'm told. And obviously Doc Rivers as head coach. Woj, I mean, that happened so fast. What a monumental change for this organization but it leads to the question, what happens to Elton Brand, who was the GM before? Where is his autonomy in making decisions? How is this trio going to work? Well, th- there is no more autonomy for Elton Brand. And I'm not sure there ever was autonomy. This is an organization where there are a lot of voices. I, I think Elton Brand is going to be a-, a general manager, a very good general manager in the NBA for a long time. I think he's going to run teams elsewhere. He's got a decision to make now, and he'll talk with Daryl Morey about whether he wants to stay and be a part of this. I know the organization values him. Want They want to keep him. They've been chasing a, a big name uh, around the league to, to run their basketball operations. Back two years when they offered the job to Daryl Morey before they promoted Elton Brand uh, internally, uh, essentially Daryl Morey used it to leverage uh, for a new deal in Houston at that time. Uh, they pursued other top executives around the league, but uh, I, I think it remains to be seen in the short term what Elton Brand is going to do. Uh, listen, I think he did under very difficult circumstances. Uh, you know, he was thrown into the fire in Philadelphia, uh, taking over the team when he did. Uh, I think he's going to be better for the experience down the road. And uh, right now, though, this is going to be Daryl Morey's show. They're, they're going to give him, he's getting a big contract, I'm told, and, and he's going to have that, uh, you know, to make the decisions uh, and I think along with Doc Rivers' input, certainly as head coach, uh, about how they're going to proceed in Philly. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Dora Morey, former team, the Houston Rockets. They obviously hired uh, 
Stephen Silas as their head coach. What does this mean for Russell Westbrook and James Harden going forward? Well, listen, I, I think this is a difficult job to fill right now for Stephen Silas, uh, replacing Mike D'Antoni, who, you know, obviously uh, much more history there with James Harden than he did in the one year with Russell Westbrook's, but with Westbrook. But I, I think Harden and D'Antoni together really maxed out uh, their time together in terms of production. Uh, I think James Harden went to another level in D'Antoni's system. And now, as an organization, and I think Steven Silas coming in, you know, you wonder whether this is a group that has maybe gone as far as it can go together. They went to the small ball last year. This is a team that's been to the conference finals under Mike D'Antoni there uh, in, a, in a very loaded Western Conference. Uh, this is a challenge for Steven Silas. He's earned the chance to be a head coach uh, almost 20 years as an assistant, grew up in the game. Obviously, people know his legendary father. Paul Silas is a, is a Hall of Fame player and a, and a very, very good coach in the NBA. Uh, and I think his time under Rick Carlisle, you talked to Steven Silas, that's really impacted him in Dallas. But this is a challenging job, uh, and I think any success you're going to have with the Rockets is going to be built around your ability to connect with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Well, how close were they to hiring uh, Jeff Van Gundy? <clears throat> they were close. Uh, key. They, they were uh, in talks with Van Gundy really over the last couple of weeks, and there were a lot of conversations uh, with ownership, with management, with him. In the end, I think for Jeff Van Gundy, the fit just didn't feel like it was there. You know, he continu- he has continued to live in the city of Houston ever since he left there uh, as coach about 13, uh, 14 years ago. Um, it's home for him. I-, I do think the job was intriguing, but ultimately not a fit uh, for, I think, a variety of reasons. I do think he'll coach again somewhere in the NBA, uh, but Steven Silas was a candidate that they had been talking with throughout this process. Daryl Morey interviewed him uh, four years ago when they hired uh, Mike D'Antoni, and so, uh, listen, he gets a, a well-deserved opportunity here uh, to run the Rockets. Well, let's get to the nitty-gritty. James Harden and Russell Westbrook owed $80 million next year. Those two, $80 million next year. If they are rebuilding, if that's the angle they're going, does James Harden want to stay in Houston? Or if they are rebuilding, is Russell Westbrook their tradable asset that they can use to entice to open up to bring other people to Houston for James to win a world championship in a packed West? I don't think the Rockets believe they are rebuilding. I think certainly, uh, again, it's a group that was built in a lot of ways to play small ball for Mike D'Antoni. Uh, they got a lot out of Robert Covington and P.J. Tucker, uh, that group. But once they traded Clint Capella to Houston, to Atlanta, you know, this team became uh, certainly really small. They want to continue forward with these two players right now. Uh, listen, I think James Harden uh, is still at the very, very top uh, of the league, at the top of his craft. You know, Russell Westbrook, you know, if you – I don't know – what the market would be for for Russ at his contract um, in the league right now? Listen, they got uh, they gave up a great deal to get him from uh, Oklahoma City, multiple picks, multiple pick swaps in the Chris Paul trade, and, and so I think right now they're married to that uh, to the idea of the Harden Westbrook uh, duo. But 
you know, certainly things can change quickly in the league. And uh, this is a team, what I, I think a team and organization with a lot of pressure on it, you know, to continue to try to play at a high level. Or maybe you, maybe, uh, you are forced to make decisions. Maybe players start to make decisions about where they want to be. And so you know that when you, you're kind of walking a tightrope in the league when you have a player of Harden's caliber, if the team falls off about what that player wants. But right now, you know, they're, they're bringing in Steven Silas. They want to continue to contend, and, and they'll try to do that with this group. It's the start of a new era, and for more all things Texas basketball, with Silas coming over from Dallas to Houston and everything swirling about the Rockets, it's the perfect time for Woj to have Tim McMahon, who I think covers Texas basketball for us here at ESPN and the NBA with both franchises as well as anybody Download it right now. That conversation is available anywhere you get uh, podcasts. Adrian, thank you so much. All right, Adrian. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Woj. Great to have him here. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and Woj did appear on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. In our near future, to appear, taking your pick for the best quarterback matchups in the NFL this weekend and who the fellas like, including the really big one between Big Ben and Lamar. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn What's J. Will that works 60% of the time, all the time? <laughs> right. What's that? Is that Anchorman? Yes, Anchorman. Or if you're a weatherman, you write 60% of the time, you keep your job, you're great at it. Rest of us, good 60% of the time, we won't be sitting here 100% of the time. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin <laughs> presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Simple as could be. Take your pick. I'll give you two quarterbacks that are meeting this weekend. We'll get the fellas' thoughts. Let's start in Cleveland, life without OBJ, with Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders coming to town. Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield key. You know, I really want to take Derek Carr in this situation coming off a lackluster performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a week or so ago. When you look at it, you you got to say Carr has to bounce back or else we'll start to talk about him being replaced next year. Mm. Not this year, but next year as John Gruden's quarterback. But I'm going to take Baker Mayfield in this one. I'm going to take Baker Mayfield in this one because I think Baker, you know, I understand where he's coming from about the OBJ situation, but I can tell you in watching film, it certainly helps when 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 OBJ is not on the field for him. It helps Baker Mayfield understand going through his progressions in his reads to get off the one receiver all the way across the field to three and four instead of locking on to a guy he trusts in number 13. So I'm going to take Baker in this case. He completed his final 21 of 23 passes, right? Yes. Some, some crazy stat like that in the game. Uh, I, I think the, the hot streak continues. I think the narrative continues to build. This team is better without OBJ, unfortunately. 
And when I was not, it's not, but I want to, let me, let me, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. It's not that the team is better. I know. I know. Baker Mayfield. It's a Baker Mayfield problem, not an OBJ problem. Yeah. Baker's locks on to the receivers. So a lot of my girlfriends told me in grammar school, this is not a you issue. It's a me thing. And that always works out. see how he went to grammar school? He gets a pass on that one. Move along. Yeah, because once I evolved, I was different. I got in high school, I was different. I was confident. Go ahead. Baker was confident. He's coming off a five-touchdown performance. Tua, confidence is all about making your first NFL start, right, Key? And at quarterback, Tua versus Jared Goff, Dolphins, and the Rams. Yeah, this is is, is good. I'm happy to see Tua back in the fold, get the injury bug out of him. We saw him against the New York Jets. He gets a bye. He gets to understand what the offense is doing. But this is Jared Goff because what the Rams are going to do to Tua on defense, and they don't have to because of their defensive line, they're going to heat him up. They're going to heat his ass up. And they're going to make him prove that he could go out on the limb and play like he played at Alabama. This is not Kentucky that he's going to be playing against. This is Aaron Donald. This is Brockers. This is Ramsey. This is a defense right now that I think is hitting on all cylinders. I think Tua could have a good day, but it's going to be very, very hard. If I know defensive coordinators in the league, they're going to get after a young quarterback by throwing the kitchen sink at him. Zubin, here comes another grammar school reference. Go for it. I like you. Well, you're really nice. I mean, you're sweet. You're smart. You study. You really go with your friends. But it's not going to work. Essentially, that's what you're saying about Tua. You gave me all these great things, and then you said, but you're going to get his head beat in. Stay true, Tua. Don't worry. You're going to blossom into a stud one day. This could be the start of it. Stay true. Fair enough. And I got to say, you really have a great personality. That's the other thing. Oh, oh, brutal. Personality. Great personality. Really connected. Y'all did a lot of talking in school. (laughs) Yeah, Key. (laughs) We didn't come. We didn't come across looking like Adonis, like you. When you I were didn't, like, I when didn't you were like say, in third grade, you're probably I six didn't feet say tall. Nothing. Six I just said y'all did a whole lot of talking. That's all. I, <laughs> all right, let's keep talking. This is the big one to me. This is the game of the week. <laughs> the re- rivalry renewed. I think it's the NFL's best rivalry, not for historical sake, of course, but the best modern day rivalry here in the mm. last decade or so. Steelers, Ravens, Roethlisberger, Jackson. Well, look, ben, Big Ben has been playing phenomenal other than the second half of the season, uh, second half of the game against Tennessee when he threw the three interceptions. Jackson, on the other hand, hasn't been sharp in throwing the football. So when you talk about take a quarterback, I got to take Ben. I, I have to because I know what he's capable of doing. In terms of Lamar Jackson, he doesn't have any – man, they just signed Des Bryant. So what does that tell you about the receiving core that they feel mm. that they have? Hollywood Brown is really the only – Sneed is there, but Hollywood Brown is really their only sort of kind of big play threat that make you go, okay. But it, he's not he's not that alpha dog that they certainly need in the development of Lamar Jackson. Lamar likes to throw the football to the tight ends. He likes to get the ball out quick. He can pull it down. He can still run. But I like being in the air. I think Ben and Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, they just – Washington, they just got it going in Pittsburgh right now. I'm with you, Key. I believe in Big Ben in the air. And the, like you said, the question for Lamar Jackson about throwing the ball, not going to be able to run the ball a lot with Brad Dupree and T.J. Watts and all these guys and the way they their rush defense is on top of their game. It's a great point. We should mention the Ravens have the 31st best passing attack in the NFL, mm. 20th in passing efficiency. I'm not sure what Dez does to help, but that's important what? to keep in mind. What dance is that? You definitely didn't get anybody by dancing like that in grammar school. What? I was worried about my studies in school, sir. <laughs> Listen, I'm the last guy to tell anybody they don't have any rhythm, but man. 
Where was that? Was that? Get in the game, Zubin. I don't know what that is. It's, it's a 2020 worm version for TikTok. I don't know. I'm just chilling, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. This is the big game of the week for some people. I, like I said, from Roethlisberger and Jackson for the country, but for the AFC East, with the Pats having dominated for 11 straight years, having won it, Buffalo holding a two-and-a-half game lead over the Pats in Orchard Park Sunday. Cam Newton Josh Allen, the Pats. Look, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it just because I'm going to do it. Do it. Cam damn Newton. Yeah. Because I believe he's going to bounce back. And if he doesn't bounce back, I'm done with him. I can't. I ain't going to be able to do it. I can't keep I can't keep swinging the bat. <laughs> well, if he doesn't bounce back, I think the Pats will be done with him too. Well, that may be the case, but I think he, he, he understands what he needs to do. He understands what he needs to do. He needs to play better. The receivers need to help him. Crazy that this could be the last game that we could see Cam Newton in a Patriots uniform. It's actually feasible. It is. It, I mean, it's it, feasible. It's headed in that direction, Ooh. that's for sure. I'll give you this, though. But it, I think he'll bounce back. I, I, I want him to. I think he's going to bounce back and quiet down a lot of the noise. I will say this. At least it means I hope so. Anything. Let's say it's another dud or he doesn't perform well. Their next game, they'll have a long week, Monday night football, the, the ultimate bounce back. They'll be at the Jets. So is there any way to please mediocre? (laughs) Just get through the Bills. You'll be fine. Get through the Bills. And then after that, Baltimore, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's that. Yeah. I think if he can get through the Buffalo Bills and put a good game plan together with Josh McDaniels and and Bill Belichick on the defensive side and and just kind of just get back to Cam the first two weeks of the season, I need Nikhil Harry to step up, though. It's his second year in the National Football League, although last year was a shortened season for him. He needs to step up to the plate and start to get separation and help his help his quarterback out. I mean, that's why you were drafted as a number one overall pick, a number one pick for the New England Patriots. No doubt. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, you sound off. Should Justin Turner face any sort of discipline? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.